You know, I, I should say I've, I have inspected your car and there's no damage before I tell you this. Right, story. right, okay. <laughs> we, just, we, <laughs> we started this a minute ago, didn't we? And now I've been waiting <laughs> with bated breath to, for you to tell me that there's apparently no damage to my car. Well, you recall yesterday at the Leaf Do that we all were waiting in the car park to follow me to come up from the village hall to the farm. Yeah, yeah. And so you recall the chap who was sat near the stage with grey hair who farms in Derbyshire, John Plum. Right. Uh, John is a quiet, diffident sort of man. Eloquent. Absolute star. Right, right. And he also happens to be Lord Plum's of Ministry of Agriculture, (laughs) Kane, son. And so he's all round good guy, and he drives an extremely beaten up looking ex-GPO red van, which he had driven all the way <laughs> I down saw that guy in a Royal, Royal Mail van. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so we were all sat in the car park waiting to go. So he gets into his van and with some difficulty coaxes it into life, engages reverse gear and backs into Richard's car. <laughs> <laughs> causes Great. at least half a dozen of us who are watching this to fall about <laughs> laughing as John proceeds to drive forward again, right, right. rearrange himself and exit the car park. And so I thought, hmm, I better have a look at Rich's car before I stir the problem. And I inspected your car, and it has merely marked the mud and muck that's up the side of it. And oh, right. no, okay. no damage. Oh, well, I'll see. I'll just check that, won't I? Because, you know, well, I think about my car. I mean, it is to me. Rubbish. It is, it is like a child to me. I'm out there on a Sunday cleaning and preening, and I think sparkling. Like, the amount of wax I get through is astonishing. Listener, he, so, he actually uh, cleans his car out with a shovel. That's how it is. In fact, he cleaned his car out with a shovel so much, he actually cleaned the jack out of the car. Then he had a puncture, and the jack had been cleaned out with the shovel into the garage. It is reminiscent. You know those um, tin waste paper baskets, which if you use them for kicking and so on, they got all dents around them, and you chuck stuff in them and just put all the rubbish in them. Yeah. Your car reminds me of one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, in many respects, it, it does. I had to clean out the other day because I couldn't get in it. <laughs> But that's the funny for a couple of years. I haven't cleaned. It was the first time I cleaned it. I, I would have it's to comment mud and fishing tackle and dog hair and your and treatment of your car and the fact and that it still functions is yeah. a testament to it's French engineers. Absolutely, absolutely. I tell you what, those little diesel Peugeots are brilliant little things. Yeah, go no, well. it's not yeah. a brilliant thing. I had a ride in it from the station from, uh, from Morven. Yeah, I, just, I, don't, I remember you saying something like, "Your car's something beginning with S." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Onwards, Now I'm going to do a build up here because did we or did we not win the Farmers Weekly Award? We'll find out at the end of the show. And next we've got coming up some rubbery sunflowers. Was that lovely sunflowers but a Chinese accent or were they rubbery? <laughs> they were all of those things. <laughs> Poor old Ricardo wasn't going much because his walking stick stroke crutch doesn't go much you're muddy going <laughs> so he, he, our peg leg was struggling on that interview <laughs> and we've also got east london community partnership who richard you went to see yeah yeah, yeah the recycling elcrp yeah i went down to see jane because they make their own bakashi there 
and, uh, and then distribute it to households in, in Hackney. And it seems to work really well. And they've got a series of rockets to break down the waste and then they, they redistribute it to uh, allotment holders and householders and, uh, and, and you know, various people that are interested in having the stuff. So, um, yeah, it's fantastic. I, I, I noticed they had a little write-up in an environment magazine uh, the other day. But, but I mean, they've had a lot of publicity, but they've been going now with a reasonable amount of success for several years. It's nice to go down there and see how Bokashi is being used on a, on a large scale rather than just selling to, to folks on a on an individual basis. Same principle, though, well, exactly with individual the buckets. Exactly the same principle, yeah. But the beauty is they collect it, is that it? Yeah, they don't have... Uh, they don't, they don't, the buckets are, are sealed, but they don't, there's no tap to take off the liquid or anything. So they're just putting their waste in there, piling the bakashi in there and, and sealing it, and then the guy comes along and then takes the bag out of the bucket, takes a whole lot away, so they're not draining the liquid off um, like we recommend people do in a, in a normal situation because they it's not in there long enough in that in that sealed unit to start to, to ferment got you it was they... um, the project at hackney that discovered that it deters rats and mice because one of the ways they persuaded the householders to take it up wasn't and, it? and jane uh, you know on the interview jane mentions that the uh, the main reason that, the, that they're able to encourage people to do this rather than just chuck their green waste in a black bin liner is that the incentive for people to get rid of rats off mm. the estate the bags that they use then, are they recyclable or biodegradable or Gosh, you know, I'm not sure. They had she had biodegradable, she had some corn corn starch corn starch bags. I'm not sure whether they were using cornstarch bags or whether they were plastic. I can't remember now. Did they empty them out or did they put them straight into the rocket? They emptied them out. So presumably they'd be non degradable bags, but I'm not sure. Should have paid more attention to detail, shouldn't I? Mm. Two out of ten. <laughs> Okay, we'll go to Farmer Phil in the field at Preston on Wye. Well, this is a far, it's a far cry from the last time you got me out to do this caper, Phil. It's dark, it's cold, the wind and the rain are hacking across the valley, <laughs> and you're uh, and you're combining. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So uh, do you know, it, it looks great, doesn't it? It's absolutely amazing. They've gone rubbery. Right. So that they don't smash up all the pieces. And apart from my problems of losing a few heads over the front, yeah. they're actually combining beautifully. So the, the whole the whole plant has uh, got rubbery then, or just, yeah. just the seed heads. You look at if you look at the ones that I've gone through the combine, the head goes. It looks like a yard broom. Yeah. And it's just lost all the seeds and it's just gone into like bristles. Right, right. It's amazing. It is fantastic, yeah. It looks great, it's very atmospheric, isn't it, tonight? Oh, it's, it's sort of stormy winter night, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah, it is, yeah, it's gorgeous. So you're getting some good stuff, though? I think so, yeah. I mean, how, how much is on this patch? How many acres is this patch? Well, the three fields here total six acres between them. Right, right. So that you know, there's lots of compromises here with rabbits and this, that, and the other, as you can see. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I've got a tank full of material, which includes some really nice-looking sunflower seeds. So, excellent. You know, yeah. Well, Heather's getting pretty excited about the whole thing, so uh, yeah, it's good to see it. So, can we have a look at it? Are we yeah. able to see it? Okay. Well, here you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, have a look under the light. Oh, okay. You can see all right, there's a little bit of 
rubbish in there, but yeah. the seed is they're big bolts. They are, they're bolts. really chunky seeds, aren't they? And they're nice and black. And you know, they, they I haven't found any that haven't got hearts in. So they'll be fine, we'll stick them on the drying floor. And this these bits of fluffy rubbish we can dry those out and they'll blow away in the cleaner. That's it. And the, the job will be right. Yeah. So you can do all that back at the farm as well then? Yeah, once we've got it dry. Some of this, uh, some of these sunflowers will self-seed, you think, around the, the periphery of the field? Yeah, they will, but the frost will kill them then. Right, they, right. Won't, they won't survive that. But here's a stem, right. if you feel it, you can see what I mean about it. It's gone rubbery. Oh, yeah, it has, yeah. yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't break up, and although it, it's wet, this is a head that hasn't been through the combine, although it's wet, you can see that quite well protected in there. It is, yeah. And my frustration is more about the fact that the pigeons have discovered it right, than right. anything else. But when you thrash it, you know, you feel it. How much rain we've had. Is, I'm just pulling away the seed at the moment from the from the flower head itself. And uh, it is uh, it's incredible that the seed is, is still very hard and very fat and juicy and very well protected. I mean, obviously, that's beauty of nature I guess you know it's able to protect itself like that but it, well, you know, it's really I've found one or two heads where the, the, the water has started to get various fungal problems going on the back of the head right. and I'm very wary of that because the fungicide that we put on will have long since lost its efficacy right. and so that if that mould gets through to the seed then we could have a, an issue with dust and so on right, right. so that I'm very happy that the seed is in good nick and there's no mould on it and we'll get it dry and it'll shine up a treatment. Excellent. So how many tonnes do you think you'll get from this field? Well, I should be very pleased if we get a tonne an acre. Right, That's right. what Patrick got. Right, so okay. I've so got to get what Patrick got. So whether I get a tonne an acre or not... Remains to be seen. Oh, I wish to see. So, are you going to carry on tonight and finish all this off? Well, we'll do all this here, whether how keen we get. We are running into one or two problems. As you can see, if we stay in any one place too long, we start to sink. Yes, yeah, I've The front wheel is kind of slightly submerged. Yeah. It, it, they are notoriously difficult machines to get out when they're stuck. Not the lightest. I'd, I'd struggle to pull you out in my Peugeot. That's I think fun. you would. Uh, yeah. So what do you do if you get it stuck? What do you have to do? Get a big tractor down or a couple well, of tractors? Luckily, this field is at my brother-in-law Billy's house. Right. And Billy's got a bulldozer. Oh, right. And that's work. about what it'll take. That'll do it every time, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I've just driven out through Billy's yard. There are all sorts of goodies in that yard, aren't there? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, like an Aladdin's cave of boys' toys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of photos of Billy, I think, on Heather's blog. There are. He's, he's an easily confused soul, <laughs> but armed with a nice large yellow machine, he works very well. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a home, for sure. All right, that's excellent. Cheers, Phil. Well, I can see the moon up there, look. Yeah, the first yeah. quarter of the moon, so it's uh, a beautiful night, really. There are definitely worse places to be, even though it's uh, slightly different conditions to the last time you and I met in these circumstances. Well, it's good fun, isn't it? Absolutely, it is. Yeah. At least I haven't got to get my wellies on quite yet, but it is a bit soft. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, for sure. Right, cheers, Phil.
Thanks for that. We're off to Hackney. Jane, it's nice to speak to you. It's nice to meet you at last. I've I spoken to you a lot on the phone previously. And we, you? We've wandered out into a, a, what is essentially a, a, a kind of oasis, a lovely little green space that's ensconced in the middle of Hackney. Yes, yes, you can hardly believe that we're actually in E5 in Hackney. Yeah. And in fact, what they call them in the middle of what they call the murder mile, actually. So, <laughs> actually, so you've got like drug really barons around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, yes. the reason, I mean, the reason you brought us out here is I, I can see a, even a green roof over there on, uh, on that, the building that's yes. adjacent to the, the children's play area. That's we've right, got some yes. We've got some ancient pear trees that you were, you were telling me about. Yes. And really, we've come out in front of a bunch of flats. These are senior citizens' flats. Right. And we've built raised beds for them. Basically, they, there's a piece of sort of garden at the back that was meant to be a kind of communal garden. But everyone likes their own little plot that they, yeah. can, that they can look after themselves. Yeah. And gardening is very therapeutic, very important, I think. So basically, people were pulling up paving stones. I don't know how, these, these old ladies. Um, pulling up paving stones and planting so we've come along and actually built proper raised beds for them so they can do their own gardening. The raised beds were made by Lee Recycling, Lee Wood Recycling. So these are all recycled wood right. and planted by Lee House Gardens. Right. Um, and they work with adults with learning difficulties. They supplied us with the plants right. and the adults with learning difficulties did the planting for us. It's completely transformed. It's, it's kind of hard to describe just how transformed. It was really quite a higgledy-piggledy mess. And now there's these beautiful raised beds just brimming over with flowers. I mean, it's November, end, nearly end of November, and it's still very, very lush. Still lots of colour, yeah, yeah. lots of light. It's, it's still quite vibrant, isn't it? It is. I, I mean, there's a, there's a, perhaps there's a secret behind that vibrancy. Well, we've pl- we planted these beds. Uh, we used very low, cheap <laughs> topsoil, but we, we added our compost. Right. And the compost is made from the food waste, which are collected from these estates. So from these very people who have these beds and supply us with food waste, food waste we take away, compost on the estate, and then the compost is supplied back to those who gave us the food waste. So it's a lovely closed loop, and it's uh, like win-win-win, because we then we use the compost in the raised beds. And the compost is actually made with effective microorganisms in the form of E.M. Bakashi, which the residents add to their food waste to prevent putrefaction and smells in their kitchens. And I think that that is the major reason for the plants thriving so well, because all those wonderful little microorganisms in the soil, especially working around the root systems. Some of these roses that you can see here, we actually had to dig up, and they were really old rose bushes. And we actually had to get people to sign to say, if these rose bushes don't survive, please don't sue us or shout us. Right, right. But they've survived. And I I think it's because of the the microorganisms in the soil. In fact, they've done a lot better than they did before. Yeah, yeah. Not only have they survived, but they're much healthier and stronger than they were before. I mean, I can can see a couple of blooms out now, you know, even this time of year. And there's still a whole load of buds on that rose that we're looking at right in front of us. Yeah, absolutely. Astonishing stuff. But what what is amazing, what I find... uh, actually superb is the fact that you've had this closed loop system where we have a essentially a very urban area and you've been able to offer a, a lot of people 
to be able to encourage a lot of people to be able to do something with their food waste other than throw it in the black bin like this. Yeah. Um, now, uh, lots of local authorities, lots of people would say, how have you managed to achieve that? How have you, how have you been able to encourage a substantial amount of people to do something with their food waste, to put them in the Bakashi buckets, to allow people to come up and collect from their flats, from their houses, yeah. so as you can make a compost, so as you can do something real with it, something beneficial? I mean, yes. You know, what's the secret? We always approach any of our projects at ELCRP, we always approach it from the point of view of the residents. So anything that makes the residents' life better, as far as we're concerned, then that, you know, that is what we aim to do. So basically, we, we started the food waste project by approaching residents and uh, residents' association. I mean, we're here on the Nightingale estate, so we approached the Nightingale Residents' Association and the Pensioners' Luncheon Club, and we, you know, we we said to them, we want we want to start this. The the idea is to take food waste out of your food waste system, and if we do that, it will get rid of the rats on the estate, right. and it will get rid of the smells, it will get rid of the blue bottles, it will get rid of the flies. Right. So this this has always been our approach. It's like, what will the benefit be to the residents? The immediate yeah. benefit. Yeah. So that was the immediate benefit, and we we do a lot of door to door knocking. We sometimes visit blocks four times to catch everybody. (laughs) We'll come in a Saturday morning, we'll go late at night, we'll catch them. And we'll explain on the doorstep exactly how to use the EM Bikashi and what the benefits are. Now, a lot of, there are some people who are interested in composting, you know. I mean, I'm a very keen composter, so I don't understand why everybody isn't interested. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of people just aren't interested. But once you tell them it will get rid of the rats, get rid of the that's, smells, that's get rid of the blue bottles, yeah. this is the incentive. This yeah. is the immediate benefit. Yeah. And then there are people who are interested in composting and who are people who have lovely gardens. And so we actually supply the compost then directly back to them. And this is also a carrot to encourage them to take part. That's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I'm so glad I came down and I've been able to appreciate firsthand and see firsthand exactly what you've done and what you've managed to achieve down here and, and what I hope you will continue to, uh, to, to, to achieve. Yes. Fingers crossed, you know. I mean, it's, it's a pioneering project, and, uh, mm. but it does really set the standard, you know. It gives our local authorities right the way across the country the opportunity to see what's achievable, what's possible, and a real solid, earthy way of being able to deal with household waste. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the thing is, we've, we've actually been funded through CRED um, with some help from some local funding and European funding as well. That runs out next summer. So we're expanding at the moment, we're expanding our commercial waste side of things. So we actually have customers such as the DCLG, that's the Department for Community and Local Government, and the GLA, we collect food waste from City Hall, and we also collect from Friends of the Earth and so forth. So um, these are commercial contracts, and hopefully what we see, we envisage that if we get enough commercial contracts, we can continue to subsidise collections on estates. And we have had a lot of interest from local authorities from actually across the world. We're we're also embarking in Dagenham, and we're, we're talking with Newham as well, looking towards the Olympics and the Olympic food waste. Right. So that's the next Excellent. big project. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's the next big one. Well, that's fantastic. And it's lovely to speak to you. It's lovely to see you. you at last. Thanks, Thank you. Jane. Very good to meet you. Cheers. So while you were in um, Hackney, Rich... Mm. You were on the other side of London, <laughs> weren't you? Yeah, living it up. Yeah, yeah. As is often with the case. Farmer Phil at the Grosvenor. 
a rare treat for farmer Phil. Yeah, that's yeah. right. A rare treat for you, Phil. Not so rare for Heather, I feel. <laughs> it's not quite as good as Claridge's. No? In my opinion. Oh, what can yeah. you do? What the carpets do? aren't the same depth in the toilet. Right. No. I had to have some fresh braces, Rich, because my old ones lost their stretch. <laughs> Yes, Farmer Phil uh, turned up in his 45-year-old dinner jacket. Oh, New braces. Vintage. Vintage. I'm worth a lot of money on eBay vintage clothes. <laughs> anyway, here we are to see whether or not we won the Farmer's Weekly Award 2006 for Alternative Enterprise. And the thing is, you could have found this out ages ago on my blog, wigglywigglers.blogspot.com. So if you want to keep up with the news, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, this is where you need to be. Indeed. Yes, and you put an entry on my blog, haven't you? Ricardo? Yeah, yeah, and you responded with some twaddle, didn't you? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> nearly outrageous. Re nearly responded with a P45, really. <laughs> <laughs> on we go. Uh, on we go. Darling listener, I'm so pleased because we're in the Grosvenor House Hotel and I've met up with Philippa Francis and I know she's emailed me before, am I right? Yes, indeed, yes, just after the Garden as well show in Birmingham. Fantastic, and what did you come up and just say to me? i just come up and said that I recognise Heather from pictures on the podcast and the weekly website and I just had to come and say that even though... I listen weekly. I've never had the opportunity to meet her. So I just wanted to grab her and say hello and well done for such a fab podcast. Fantastic. Now tell me about your job. Okay, I work for the Environment Agency and I just recently moved to start working with Barbara Young, who's our chief executive. I've only been in post for four weeks, but before that I've been uh, an environment officer for the last four years on the ground, working with farmers, helping them wade through problems that they've got at the moment, dealing with agricultural waste regulations, nitrate vulnerable zones and so on, hopefully making life a little bit easier for them. Have you found generally farmers to be pro you or anti you? What's the feeling on the ground? Because, you know, you can come across as the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be said so. I think, I think on first meetings, a lot of farmers are quite hesitant and as you say, we can be seen as the enemy. But I think once we get across that we do want to work with farmers, we aren't the enemy, we do want to help them. We are working to do a lot of hand-holding and we are certainly guidance and advice, and, and advice before regulation. And that's certainly what we want to get across to farmers. And we're all on the same team, really. Completely. Because Completely. Who, wants, who wants to pollute water courses? Who wants to do anything like that? Nobody, Nobody does. Nobody does at all. It's really nice to meet you. Lovely to meet you too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hello. Hello. It's very exciting to be here tonight at the Farmers Weekly Awards. You having a good dinner? This is a kind of relaxing part of the day for me because I've had a bit of a surreal day. I got up at about four o'clock this morning. Nothing new to Robert, we're outside. <laughs> we're outside. Oh, no, the ballroom because we're going to miss it. I know. Yeah. So, just quickly, tell me a little bit about your business and what you're up for doing tonight. Because I up know we're you're sort of 
we're sort of against each other, but we're not, are we? All, we're all in the same thing. No, we've got a really big idea, and we've got a we've got a generic brand name called Genesis, and we're about selling countryside products to the great British public. That's fantastic. Um, um, Genesis. Yeah, a new beginning, yeah. a better way, and we're going to be selling food, energy, and reconnecting with education to our future generation. How many children. of you in the business? Five of us, and we're so excited that we're now turning over £3,000 a week. Fantastic. Good luck for tonight. we better go back in. And good and luck I to you. I wish you well. <laughs> okay. Shake hands, darling. Bye-bye. Sponsored by the HSE. So to present the award, please welcome the HSE's, what's suitably named, I feel, Dr. Roger Norrish. Andrew Gage of Broadbarn Farm in El Suffolk. As a schoolboy, Andrew used to help in the running of his grandfather's traditional arable of pig farm. Today, he's still at the relatively tender age of 27. He runs a business with an enthusiasm and passion judges found breathtaking. Pigs have been replaced with 55,000 meat ducks, produced to the very highest production and welfare standards. Andrew has also developed a DIY livery service is dipping his toes into the water with a subtropical fish venture. The next finalist is Robert Laster of Corton Farm, Weymouth in Dorset. In recent years, the holy grail for farmers has been to control more of the food chain and in so doing, provide quality traceable produce with high profit margins. Well, that's precisely what Robert has managed to achieve. Working in cooperation with other Dorset farmers, he's developed the Genesis brand. Launched in April 2006, sales are already reaching £2,000 a week, supplying local pubs, restaurants and schools. He is now looking to franchise out the business and extending Genesis concept nationally. And our third finalist is Heather Gorridge from Wiggly Wigglers. You can't help but smile when you hear the name Wiggly Wigglers. But don't be fooled, this is a serious £2.5 million turnover business supplying a range of local products, including birdseed, composters and wormeries to gardeners. Much of the seed is grown on a thousand acre arable and beef farm, and it is quick to point out the connection between farmers and gardeners when it comes to looking after the countryside. Right, yeah, well, the judges were unanimous, citing the fact that the winner has kept their eyes closely focused on what their customers want, providing a significant income and employment boost to their immediate community. So the award goes to Wiggly Wigglers. fantastic news that was but the thing was I was sat by Andrew Jackson and he's an amazing farmer from Lincolnshire isn't it? Scunthorpe and he won the farm diversification last year right and he's got this amazing shop called 
the pink pig. <laughs> and his wife, Sally, was on UK Food TV. They, they've actually got local producers yeah. to take their best ingredients right. and go and cook them on the telly. And they got these five finalists from farm shops and farmers, producers, to do this. And she was one of them. Excellent. She did bacon and eggs and she won her region and then she didn't win the whole thing. So you'll have to go to that UK TV to find out who did win. Because right. I don't know. Because they've, they've got a restaurant there, farm shop, as well, haven't yeah. they? And look at, you know, not needing too much temptation, breakfast in Lincolnshire is looking highly possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so you've got to see that programme, because I thought, what a wonderful thing to get producers actually cooking their own food, and the winner won 40,000 squidders. Yeah, fantastic. 40,000. <laughs> that yeah. concentrated. I can see why you, <laughs> yeah, you become clear to me now, why you, why yeah. you entered in the first instance. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, it's definitely slightly more transparent now. 40,000 quid, or bring it on. That's quite nice, isn't it? I think that's fantastic. Mm. Anyway, there we are. We've ended the show. Bye. How much did we win? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you were going to uh, mention that. Nothing. Uh. We did win a trophy, which... Nobody seems to recognise, but it's a... Plough moldboard. Yeah, it's a plough moldboard. <laughs> you, you told me that, and I looked at it, and I thought, oh, OK, so that's a plough moldboard. <laughs> but it's nice of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you had a nice time anyway, didn't you? Oh, I had a fantastic time. It's the time. prestige. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back to reality I... now, though, it's chucking it down with rain. Yeah, it's wild out there. We've missed my feedback, the cat feedback, after our, <laughs> after our cracking an argument last week, yeah, which yeah. I was obviously completely right about. But I had some great feedback, all positive, all you know, all to my argument, which I definitely appreciate. You mean from Simon Sherlock? Yeah, no. Well, Simon made some great comments. He's got a, he's uh, made some great comments on his blog, hasn't he? He has. If you go to www.sherlock.co.uk and follow his link through to his blog, you'll find Simon's comments on the podcast, and he says. Blimey, you two, I've just listened to podcast 60 and I've not laughed so much in ages. I certainly managed to put the car among the pigeons yeah, the there. I think the it's pigeons, their cat. Yeah. Cat amongst the pigeons <laughs> yeah. there. Pardon the pun. I hope you don't mind, but I thought I'd better answer some of the points raised and posted them on my blog. There we are. That's great. That's, it's good to get back to us, certainly. It's and what have you got? But this, this, is a, this is from a guy, I'm not sure whether he wants, uh, wants us to read his name out, but right. uh, it's, it is a guy called Greg Given. So. <laughs> But, uh, but it's, it's Do you want to give out his address as yeah. well for all <laughs> cat lovers to go and it's, bomb uh, him? Number or? six, Hatington <laughs> Catville. <laughs> Persecute Moggington. <laughs> Postcode? C A T O F F. Very good, very Thank good. You. you are sharp today. Uh, no, but he, he says, uh, I've just heard the latest podcast and felt I had to support you in your views on cats as to what to do with them. He says, you can poach them, bake them, grill them. Oh, no. oh my favourite is barbecue them. But then he says, but seriously. And I thought, oh, oh, oh that's a shame. He wasn't being serious about that because it would at least have a, a reasonable use then. Uh, anyway, but he says, if you have the luxury of space, then a cat may be useful to keep the population of mice, etc., acceptable levels. But in a city environment, they decimate any bird population. In the cramped living arrangements we experience in cities, the only exercise many cats get is to kill birds. Of course, he's completely right. He says, when we first moved here, 
here, there were only a couple of cats, but as the number of cats increased, it's had compound impact on the uh, bird population. Anecdotal. No, it's not anecdotal. This is absolutely evidenced from <laughs> experience, from observation. Desperation. So, but in fact, this winter, we now have none. Indeed, we have even had to throw the last batch of mealworms away as there are no longer any birds to eat them. It's quite sad, actually. He says here, I bet you can't imagine what it's like to go outside and not hear any birds. I mean, it's a dark day, isn't it? When you can't hear I quote to you. Hang on, I haven't finished yet. It says, even in spring, we have to stand guard over birdhouses because the cats sit on top of them, waiting for the adults to return to feed their young and then kill them. It's not as if they eat the birds. They just maim or kill them and then discard the bodies. And yes, the birdhouses are as high as we can safely get them. Hang on. He says, <laughs> they use flower baskets as toilets. They dig borders up. They leave their calling card. And we don't all have the luxury to leave their mess to compost away. And the noise of so many cats fighting for territory is dreadful. And I can appreciate that. They do make the most ridiculous sound at night. Ghostful. Really quite sickly and tormented. <laughs> Add this to the tons of fish and chicken, etc. They used to feed these little blighters. Then is there any justification in keeping them, particularly in a city? Well, of course, there isn't any justification in, in keeping them. If I were Just able to, if I were able to live in, no, in, a, no in a farm, <laughs> if I were able to live on a farm in the country, my view would probably be different. Absolutely. But believe me, in the city, they are. Just a is, is this letter menace. genuine, or is it sounds very no, 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 like a Ricardo, <laughs> a Ricardo? Have you written it yourself? Constructed. No, no, no. no, it's a completely reasonable, and I was going to chuff to bits because he, he shares my sentiment precisely. Yeah, he and, shares and, and, and your style think, of writing and, and precisely think, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, think that he's got are... some really good points in the sense that if there's too many cats in the city, then obviously. That is causing a major problem. Yeah. But the idea that anyone shouldn't keep a cat is outrageous. And the idea that those cats are actually affecting bird numbers is not proven. I quote, There is no scientific evidence that predation by cats in gardens is having any impact on bird populations UK-wide. And I quote the RSPB. So, Yeah, but they're very anecdotal. fickle. The RSPB are decidedly fickle about all sorts of conclusions they come up with. And also it says about bird populations across the UK. But in localised areas, anecdotal evidence is sufficient for people to realise that cats really do have a profound impact. I know that I'm right. When I... <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to invite Greg on the show? Because that's a great email from him. Assuming and it's it genuine. Fantastic to put in... <laughs> Together with yeah, a cat lover. You, I tell you what, Phil, you, you live a... Uh, Was he a, a good a old boy in college, life. Rich? Yeah, have a few beers together? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Yes.